0: Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings?
1: Yeah, Digitex does
0: that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X.ca on Oilers Radio 630 channel It's 133 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Oilers Now, Bob Stoffer with you, along with the uh, rising star, but soon vacating <gasps> in his role on Oilers Now, Brennan Ulrich. We're going to miss Brendan. He'll still pop in once in a while and be hosting some shows uh, when I'm on the road and on the bird and those sort of things. Uh, 86 out of 194 days over about a seven-month span starting on Mm. 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 Um. Um. September the 29th. Eighty-six out of one hundred ninety-four days, the orders will be uh, in transit on the road—that sort of thing. Uh, do you want to mention just before we bring in Reed Wilkins from Inside Sports, the best pizza in the city still making it great. It's Royal Pizza, multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you, including the original Royal Pizza in Old Strathcona. Royal Pizza, Edmonton-owned and operated for forty-eight plus years. Staffer recommendation is the Mediterranean Chicken. Reed, just before you're on, and before uh, the uh, the newscast, we had Steve Sander on, who, yep. as you know, has plugged in on the soccer beat, pretty good. And this story with Alfonso Davies, I mean, and we, you know, I watched the Gold Cup, a couple of those games, and he, I think he scored three goals, and he ended up winning the Golden Boot for that event a couple of years ago. So his name was out there, but when you think about it, the potential, like he has the potential to be the best Canadian soccer player of all time, and for him to come out of Edmonton, right. and his journey and his story, it's an incredible story. Yeah, it's it's,
1: it's a great story,
0: and we're we're
1: lucky in Edmonton though that we have that angle. And look, Canadian soccer, Bob. I mean, you and I have been hearing this. I go back, I guess, really to sort of becoming you know, aware of the World Cup in 1982, watching it on, yeah. on CBC, and then obviously in 86 it was in Mexico and Canada was in it. And then they expanded the World Cup and gave CONCACAF an extra spot. And Canada often finished third when two teams right. got in, and we were sort of, well, now we get in every year, and soccer is the most participated in sport among youth in the country. But it's never led anywhere. Well, why has that happened? I think, first of all, there hasn't been the high-level coaching and the development and players to continue their careers if you want to talk about going to youth sports or NCAA or wherever. And I think another thing is there hasn't been a star for the next generation of players to latch onto and say, I want to be that guy or I'm inspired by that guy. How many more Canadian basketball players right now are playing high-level NCAA or making the NBA and being at least decent NBA players? Quite a bit more uh, than... 20, 30 years ago. How long is it since Steve Nash won his MVPs? What are we now at? 12 and twelve and 13 years, yeah. I think. And obviously he was good even in the late and as 90s. Good, as good so as that's as how long it can take. So maybe Davies is the inspiration that gets us <laughs> there eventually. It's,
0: it's a great point by you. And as good as uh, Nash was, he was nowhere near as good as the Barrett. Is it Barrett? Is that his name? Oh, Rowan. Oh, not Rowan. Uh, Art, does he, I think he goes by RJ, doesn't RJ he? RJ. He's ba- Rowan's yeah. son. Yeah. I mean, that kid's unbelievable. That yes. kid, he, he, I mean... Is Canada, he going to Duke? Canada had back-to-back number one overall picks in the draft, and one guy was a total reach and has already washed out. Yeah. The, the other player... Uh, Who uh, who were those back-to-back guys? Tristan Thompson and... No, no. Tristan went like fourth or fifth overall to Cleveland. Didn't uh, he go first, too? No. Uh, The guy's in Minnesota point guard for Minnesota, going back like 15, 16, 16, 17. Somebody will text us at 630, 630 here. Um, and then they had the, the, the player that washed right out that the, the Cavs, did the Cavs not take him number one overall? He completely Actually, the, the Cavs took both players number one and then moved with, Uh, Oh sorry, yeah, Anthony Bennett and Andrew Wiggins. Right. And so my bad. bad. Wiggins went in the Kevin Love trade to Minnesota, right? And then and Bennett was a kid that washed out. So good so you mentioned it, maybe they gotta start a latch on to I have another theory. You ready for this? I have another theory why Canada has struggled in terms of developing it. And this is gonna upset some of the people out in the soccer community. But there's been a little bit too much and it's been primarily European in nature. But there's been a little bit too much. My country plays the best way, and yes. I oh, be- absolutely. I believe that exists. I, you know, we all know Italians have a reputation for playing a very defensive brand of soccer. The Dutch, you know, have free flow and clockwork orange and total football. Germans staunch defensively, though they've become you know much better uh, skill wise and off. And, and, and they always said. Don't get me wrong. They always had great players. I mean, I grew up watching. You mentioned the '82. You know, Carl Heinz Rumenaga preceding that Beckenbauer back in '70 and '74. But it's it it isn't like I do think there was always the our cultures got it the right way, and there wasn't an inclusiveness and Canada's maturation as a country has sort of forced everybody to be more accepting of each other and i think that'll work in our favor moving forward
1: well you, you raise an interesting point and I, and i as as much as there are millions of kids playing soccer i, I wonder if the soccer community is actually that unified and, and the uh, i i often use the the term now the Tom Fath might be able to stick it out because of his determination and, yeah. his, and his resources, but the history of pro soccer in Edmonton is the history of failure. And I briefly worked for the Edmonton Drillers indoor franchise uh, back in uh, 99-2000. I, I can I, see it, why it, they wouldn't have succeeded, it, haven't you, at well, I wasn't playing, <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> But, I mean, I think if you talk to maybe some of the owners of these past franchises, they, they were never trying to win over... They were never going out in the community and saying, don't buy Oilers tickets, don't buy Eskimos tickets, buy soccer tickets. They were trying to go to the soccer community and saying, hey, let's rally around what we right. have. right. And that never happened because yeah. the soccer community sort of wanted it, wanted it their own way, and had that "why should we help you" type of attitude.
0: All right. So one thing about soccer is it's relatively inexpensive, which works sure. the advantage of being more inclusive. We had Tom Rennie on the show today. We've got the Helenka Gretzky uh, tournament taking place next week down at Rogers Place. It's it's going to be a real cool event. Um, as somebody who actually, you know, tried to watch it back in the day, I are are we creating a generation not necessarily better players just richer kids playing hockey well that's i
1: think that's a question bob that you probably can apply to all sports these days are are there any are there a lot of golfers who uh, grew up in a in a blue color? Yeah, well, well, family? Well, well, but, and, but and golfing and has always country club has always had that yeah, perception but I think it's even that it's more so now yeah. Yeah, but but I okay, I'll stick to the hockey answer Yes, sure. There is more of that. There's more danger of that because of the, the cost. Spring hockey, you got to pay for travel, spring you hockey, Pay for spring hockey. There's pressure to keep your kid involved 10 11 months of the year or you might fall behind the other families that are doing it earlier specialization, uh, you know, the specialized schools. We got a couple here at Edmonton, We yeah. got yeah, Edge down in southern Alberta, places like that. And so, so if you if whatever we, that you know, is, sure. So if you're not if you're at an equal talent level but your family's not at an equal financial level, maybe that's the reason you're not getting in and your development gets left behind. Now, if you're that good, if a kid is that good I think those schools and those programs are going to find ways for him to get involved, but there, there is the risk of those kids maybe getting
0: left behind at an earlier age before they're noticed by those programs. Absolutely, that's a concern. Reed Wilkins joining us from Inside Sports. Bob Stauffer, Brendan Ulrich with you on Oilers Now. I mean, back in the day, it was a double-A system, right? And, mm-hmm. and even in the last, even since the 12-13 lockout, because at, I, I remember that was the year that uh, Tyler Benson and, uh, geez, we saw Stuart Skinner yesterday. I think you had him on your show yesterday. Uh, Tyler Benson, Stuart Skinner, uh, David Quenville were all playing for the Southside Athletic Club for Taylor Harnett's team. Mm -hmm. And that was, I mean, that that was a big story that year in the fall during the lockout. And Sam Steele was playing out in Sherwood Park. And they had a pretty good goalie, too, if I recall correctly. But anyhow, I mean, (laughs) where I'm going with this here is those players now are going to these specialized school instead of staying in the AA system yeah. once they get out of bannums. I mean for a year, right? It's a it's a pretty uh, seismic shift that has occurred. Well, wasn't it was it a Vander Kane's family that just sold
1: and mortgaged everything to to keep him involved? I might have to go check that.
0: Well, Nugent Hopkins, in, in Ryan Nugent Hopkins' case, I know that the the parents in Burnaby mm-hmm. helped him out the one year because he couldn't, there yes. were was, was some financial challenges there for Ryan. And he's, of course, been incredibly grounded as a result of that. I, as for Keane, I know that, uh, you know, he was trained by uh, Ian Gallagher mm-hmm. and was, a, a, you know, a guy that uh, had a tremendous. I think Evander's left us wanting more, but he's still been a pretty good player, all things considered. I'm not quite sure to what degree the financial... I know Glenn Metropoli uh, was a, grew up in a real poor family in mm-hmm. Toronto, and uh, it was almost impossible, uh, What he had to... Incredible what he overcame to play in the National Hockey League. All right, uh, speaking of uh, the NHL, yesterday we were out at the Syncrude Oil Country Championship presented by ACON. There we go, got the sponsors in just for a friend. Uh, down there in Red Deer. He knows who he is. But, uh, uh, Topher Allen. But, uh, tell me this, um, Cam Talbot was there. Yeah. Well, where's your confidence level at right now of Talbot?
1: Uh, I think it's relatively high. Out of 10. Oh, I think I'd still put it at an 8.
0: Yeah, me too. Yeah. Oh, well, That's boring. That makes for boring radio. No,
1: well, didn't you say 9 yesterday? I said 9, yeah. Well, here's the, here's the thing, because Talbot, uh, I mean, sp- Speaking of guys who maybe weren't expected to make it, I mean, we know about his path, making the NHL not till really his mid-20s. And he he's shown that he can figure it out, that he can get it back together. Now, he, when he got it back together last year for a long stretch, it was too late because it was the last 20 games of the season. And when he showed signs of getting it together earlier in the season, it wouldn't, it wouldn't last very long. And the, and the team around him didn't have a great year but if i mean if you look at his his save percentage and he's even said this it's it's last year that was the outlier it's not the playoff year it's it's last year that was the outlier at, at nine oh eight and what nine oh two most of the year probably first sixty games. So what's
0: his career save percentage? 9, 9, 18, 8,
1: nine eighteen. Nine eighteen. And his first two years as an Oiler, he was nine nineteen and nine seventeen. And when he really made the splash, where people around the league started to think, well, maybe he's a guy can, who can step in thirty six games with the Rangers at a, at a nine twenty six. Yeah. So I, I I I mean, for me, I think nine fifteen is a very fair target and one that keeps the Oilers at least in in a playoff race, uh, if he sneaks up to 918, 920, and the special teams aren't disastrous. Now, if he has that save percentage, the penalty killing won't be a disaster. Then, then I think they they very much have a chance at the playoffs. I, I, I don't think that the the point margin they wound up missing the playoffs by was large by the end of the year. Yes, I don't know if the actual gap between them and a playoff-caliber team is that large. Now, the gap between them and a Stanley Cup-caliber team, okay, I'm a lot less confident that saying that's that's a narrow one going into this year, given what we saw. But here's the thing. We, we talk about what will pully yarvi do, what will Raddy do, will Kajula get 12 goals or 15 or 18. If Talbot's 9-18 to 9 who cares? Make it's, the, the it's the short answer, right? Because assuming he three gets extra 50. Goals, Three extra goals by Drake Kajula is not going to be make a big deal if, if assuming he's, he gets fifty starts. There. Yeah, he's got to. You know, I mean, oh sure, if right. he's making a usual number of starts, yeah.
0: Uh, One of the conversations we had a a couple days ago, you know, you mentioned not close to being a Stanley Cup contender. A year ago at this time, the Oilers were seen as being a Stanley Cup contender. Or maybe that was just everybody in the Edmonton region gambling away money in Vegas and putting money on the Oilers, and the the odds climbed. Right. I'm I'm not sure.
1: Well, a year
0: year ago, no one saw the Winnipeg Jets as a Stanley Cup contender. No, things change. Things change. So, so in terms of the Canadian-based teams... Rank the best tours, one through seven. Oh, this is fun. Is Winnipeg better than Toronto? No. They're not better than Toronto. I think Winnipeg is better than Toronto.
1: I'm going to put Toronto above Winnipeg slightly. Okay. Uh, Ottawa's at the bottom. Montreal's second last. I'll put Vancouver third last, and I'm going to put I'm going to put Calgary slightly above of Edmonton. Okay. Toronto, Winnipeg, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, Montreal, Ottawa. Okay, I will go. And I think Vancouver could be sneaky competitive this year where they at least hang around. Brandon, you want to jump in the fray here? No, it's funny because that's the exact same seven I would have. So, what's your, order, what
0: order do you have Reed again? Said, actually.
1: I, I have Toronto, Winnipeg, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, Montreal, Ottawa.
0: Okay. Well, you guys can uh, get out of the studio then. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go uh, Winnipeg 1, Toronto 2, Edmonton 3, Calgary 4. Vancouver five, Montreal six, Ottawa seven. So all I'm I'm going Winnipeg instead of Toronto at number one. And and, and, and again
1: what's what's the difference between the teams? Okay, who who has the best goaltending? Who gets off to the best start?
0: Who's I think Winnipeg. I think Winnipeg has a better defense but, than, but what than, is, than Toronto. But Toronto is going to be able to score. There's no question.
1: Okay. And an well, argument. Hellebuck, Hellebuck's question is: Is Hellebuck
0: going to have a Talbot? fair? Or fair? He all. doesn't have. That, that is a That's, fair question. That has question.
1: to be a question for Hellebuck. And nothing
0: against what he did. Yeah. But
1: you, you can trace some similarities there. One thing I'll say about
0: the Jets. They took a lot of dumb penalties to your like they yep. shot them. They didn't get stops. They got behind in games, and then their team got frustrated. Scored on their own net, right? That sort of stuff. And uh, you know they were a different team last year because they had the lead, and so they were you know. And when you have the lead, you're a little less reckless. And they, go, but the Jets are they're deep up front. They're almost as deep as the Maple Leafs. Like I, Winnipeg's not as good at Toronto at center, but you can I mean does do the Leafs have a a winger as good as Patrick Laine? Marner's pretty close. Different style. I don't know if he's pretty close. Oh, well, Marner's unbelievable. He's, he's a really good. You guys player. are underrated Marner.
1: All right, so no, I'm not underrating. I'm, I might just think he's. A I mean, really the Leafs
0: down the Leafs down the middle, their top three centers are as good as anybody's in the league. They're as good as anybody's in the league in a long time. Yeah. So they're good at center. Like maybe in the salary cap era. Yeah. They're good. No question. And people would say, "Why didn't you guys just leave?" If, if, okay, but here's if if... I,
1: I think Winnipeg's still going to have a really good year, but won't be second overall. And the and the the Leafs might come in and and f- fourth, fifth, sixth again.
0: All right. So and
1: and Winnipeg might drop down to six, seven. Winnipeg
0: eight. also plays in a tougher division. Well, they play in a yeah, tougher absolutely. division, and that's going to be a factor as well. One forty nine in Edmonton. Uh, we'll have some more fun here. with Reed Wilkins and Brendan Ulrich. Bob Stauffer, with you in the winners now. showroom on St. Albert Trail, fill your fan cave at ProAmSports.ca That's ProAmSports.ca This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Ched one fifty-one in Edmonton. Bob Stauffer with you, along with Reed Wilkins from Inside Sport. Reed, uh, you had uh, Mike uh, Johnson on your show, not Mike Johnson, yep. who I used to have, we used to have as a regular guest. the orders now. No, I had the former Montreal Expo major league pitcher Mike
1: Johnson from Sherwood Park, Alberta. Yeah, grew up here, was discovered here. Tell a, tell our listeners the story. Okay, because well they might is, not have heard. Is, of... This is a gift to you, Bob. It's this a is gift. Gift to you. Oh well, thank because you. Because I'm actually I found some evidence that supports one of your theories, which is that veteran calls and star players. Veteran players get get veteran calls. Veteran players get veteran calls. Star players get beneficial calls. Just a quick... Brendan, we can fade it out once he's made his point, but this is Mike Johnson, a story from when he was uh, pitching for the Expos against the Yankees. A good example is I pitched in Yankee Stadium and I pitched against Andy Pettit. And Andy Pettit was, like, well-known, established, like, one of the best pitchers, one of the best pitchers in the game at that time and obviously throughout his career. That was kind of the other aspect, is... I'm not necessarily going to get the same calls that, that he's going to get, especially if I'm facing Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter's going to get the benefit of the doubt over me every single time. All right. right? That's, that's As opposed the... to Andy Pettit facing like some rookie. There you go. Andy Pettit against a rookie. So All
0: right. I, I don't want to bring up Anaheim again uh, and them getting veterans because they didn't get them this past year in the playoffs because they self-destructed in their series. Uh, we still have, ah, you know, it's it's not relevant anymore. And I'm like, well, the show is called Oilers now. It's the last playoff series a <laughs> team played. They lost in seven, one altered call at a certain time given the fact that the Oilers yeah, lost three, three yeah. one-goal games. Could have changed the complexion of the series. Very quickly, uh, the Edmonton Eskimos... It's By a, the way, can I jump? Sorry. Go ahead. Der- Derek Jeter started
1: getting veteran calls as a rookie. <laughs> because because he was the shortstop for the Yankees. <laughs> but, was, was he better than Nomar Garciaparra? Well, he played longer. He he was better for a longer yeah
0: period of time. But Garcia Parra might have had a higher ceiling. Well, he one had one. more power. Didn't he, he definitely had more power. Yeah, uh, absolutely. All right. Uh, <laughs> now, you you have a show tonight, but you don't have yes. a show tomorrow night. You, 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 get, you get another free How many days off do you get a year? Not you... enough, Bob. Oh. Not enough. What do you had About nine months I... of uh, holidays each year? or What? Yeah, it's it's around there. Yeah. I don't know.
1: But I but I, I you know I work more not during the season. All, All right, sort, sort of. of all I right. see
0: you more during the season, which is more work. So, yes. I'm not that much work. Uh, <laughs> the Eskimos, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, they walk among us. Chris Jones back in town. Uh, the Eskimos, what, what's their record right now? Four and two? Four and two. Riders are three and three. Okay, it's a big game.
1: Caleros is back for the Riders. Uh, maybe they'll actually throw the ball more than two yards downfield. Boy, I had a couple of buddies it- who are Riders fans. Carter's, Carter's starting offense, by the way. Yeah, Deron Carter's on offense. Is yeah. that right? Slot yeah. back. Yeah. So they're they're clearly going to try to open up, and I mean the Eskimos' weakness. If, if there's a positional unit that's a weakness, I think it's the secondary. Well, they've got some a couple injuries. They got some injuries. They got some inexperienced guys you're trying to work in. If you make if you make a mistake as a defensive back, there's there's no hiding. There's no one else to cover for you. The ball's coming your way, and you're going to get burned. Uh, but the Eskimos, Riley, Riley, and the receivers. This is this is the best batch this is the best quarterback and receiver group they've probably had since 05 when they uh, when they won the Great cup and well maybe even since 03 cuz Vaughn was still there in 03 yeah right yeah, 03. when did mookie come in was mookie on the team in 03 M- mookie, no mookie came in in 05 yeah. so you had Hervey and tucker on both right and you had i guess Vaughn in 03 and Mitchell yeah. You know, well,
0: I'm a big, I'm a big Mitchell. Well, oh, he's great. Yeah, I was never a big Willie Plus guy, but I, that's another story well, for he's another a time. Great player, but anyhow, uh, very quickly, what do you got coming up tonight on Inside Sports? Well, actually, speaking
1: the Eskimos. We're going to have Rock Sunderland on the show. Uh, I believe we'll get the media scrum of Chris Jones, which I'm sure will be revealing and energetic.
0: They really go out of their way in that league to help guys out, <laughs> don't they? Crow, uh, <laughs> well, Ken Dial. How about? How about we we have some higher scoring games in the CFL? Like, hey, I mean the Eskimos got you know. Well,
1: c- I think it'll come. I think all oh, the Eskimos have hit. Uh, well, they've hit forty twice. They allowed thirty-eight once, unfortunately. Yeah, and the Winnipeg game was that those s- two
0: those two games against game of the Tor- year might have
1: been the very first game of the year.
0: The two games against Toronto were terrible. Those were awful games, but it was. Uh- yeah,
1: I don't know. I, I I thought the second game was a really interesting game. I mean, the weather wasn't great. Yeah. And I thought there were some coaches' decisions in that one, some third down calls that, that were interesting to talk about. Sixty-eight combined
0: points in two games—that is not the. But, C of but how it's how not
1: I always. Up. No, I know what you're saying, but it's not always points that make for for entertainment.
0: Reed, thanks for coming in the studio. So, a studio. Bob, you're Bob. talking about Ottawa Hamilton last week. Ottawa didn't score a touchdown, and they won the game.
1: Yeah, seven yeah. field goals. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, so, so that's
0: what you're talking about. Yeah, there you go. It's it's not. No,
1: like, it has. I I get what you're saying. Every other league, league has
0: gotten more offensive, with less offensive personalities.
1: <laughs> I I, don't, I think you're you're writing off the CFL
0: a little I, little prematurely. I still as, lo- as a non-offensive league. For the record, I still love the Eskimos. Don't ever forget that. No, I no, just, no, I'm not. The I, days of me watching. I, I, I will say this. I'll be watching uh, Johnny Manziel when he, Johnny Manziel when he gets in. Well, there. and here's the thing. A couple explosive games. Some
1: you know some sure. sort of quarterbacks come back and it
0: changes everything. All right. That wraps up the uh, Wednesday edition of Orders. Now we will be out at the Oil Country Championship. The Syncrude Oil Country Championship presented by ACON tomorrow. One of our guests will be Mark Specter, Stoffer Inspector for Horse Racing, Alberta Live Racing. Fridays and Saturdays in Northlands Park. Up next, a 6:30 Chad Global Newsweather traffic update with Cassandra Jodwan, followed by the 6:30 Chad Afternoon News with Jalen I and Andrew Gross. So long, everybody. now with Bob Stauffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Ched.